if in sex or stand up, if I find myself considering what I'm going to do next, I know I'm fucking up. I know I'm not where I need to to be because when you're at when you yeah. when you're having sex and you get into that just you're in this primal moment and you let go and you let this deeper thing take over and suddenly it's the you don't even know what's happening you're just part of some volcanic explosion that's happening. Duncan's uh, a premature ejaculator. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How dare you? <laughs> when you walk through the garden, watch your back. Well, I beg you, pardon, walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk Oh yeah, if you're a fan of The Wire, as most of you probably are, you recognize that song. I think the name of the collection that sang it is Domage, D-O-M-A-J-E. I don't remember which season of The Wire it was. I'm sure it wasn't the first. It might have been second or third. I think it was the season when they were in the schools because, you know, each season they had the same song done, done by somebody different. I think it's originally by Tom Waits, uh, but they had the Blind Boys of Alabama doing it one season. I think they had the Everly Brothers another season. Um, and this, that's my favorite version of the tune. And it turns out that, um, you know, on the wire, they used a lot of local people in Baltimore. They got them jobs, acting jobs, like that crazy woman who kind of talks in a way you understand, but not really who bought the high pressure nail gun at the, <laughs> the fucking home Depot at the beginning of one of those seasons, unforgettable scene. Uh, she was, a, I think, a street person there uh, in Baltimore, and a lot of the the pawns, you know, the the street hustlers were were kids that lived around the areas where they were filming, uh, and they hired a lot of those those kids for the for the show. And um, what I love about that tune, aside from the fact that they just do a great job, is that those are local Baltimore kids that the producers got together and. Uh, had him do a cover of that tune. It's fucking great, man. The Wire. If you haven't watched The Wire, you know, you got something. You got something to live for. Also, Deadwood. Jeez, Casilda and I have been re-watching Deadwood after, I don't know, you know, we saw it when it first came out four or five years ago. Uh, so impressive. If you like, If you like complex interesting drama in fascinating characters and Westerns Deadwood is like right there for you. It's, it's like if Shakespeare did a Western, this is what it would be like. It, it's fascinating. So multifaceted, so many interesting characters. And here's a little bit of trivia for you. If you're a Deadwood fan, the droopy eyed guy who kills wild bill in the first season is played by the same actor who plays Hearst's uh, fastidious 
horror killing freak in the second season. Interesting. Unless I don't know where I read that or someone told me, but if you're not looking for it, you'd never recognize that it's the same guy because the two characters are so completely different. Um, but, uh, interesting. I'd love to know the story of why that guy got the two roles. Maybe, uh, the producers felt bad about killing him off after the first season. and just wanted to have him back. Anyway, this is a really special edition of Tangentially Speaking. Uh, I think it's the first time I've had two guests on at once, although there's another, um, there's a, an episode uh, coming up soon that's sort of being preempted by this one where I sat down with uh, two great comedians. Um, that'll be coming up soon. Uh, Reggie Watts and... Uh, Moshe, uh, shit, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, he's, he's great, great comedian. Both of them are hilarious and super smart guys. Um, but anyway, this episode is with my two great friends, Duncan Trussell and uh, Daniele Bolelli. And uh, if you're a fan of Tangentially Speaking, you certainly know who they are. They're sort of my patron saints of... Um, podcasting. Uh, Duncan got me into the whole thing and Daniele's had me on his show twice. And, uh, yeah, it's just, and he's been on the show before. So yeah, you know, I guess on one level it's, uh, continuing the incestuous nature of podcasting in LA, but, uh, you know, the thing about LA, man, that town, that town confuses the fuck out of me. I used to hate LA. It was easy. I just hated it. You know, there was nothing good about it. But then more and more of my family started moving there, and I would go and visit, and, and I still hated it. It's traffic, traffic, traffic. Like, oh, the weather's good. Yeah, you know what? The weather's good in lots of places. And uh, also, I don't really – I don't dig, like, consistently sunny, hot days. You know, that's not my thing. I'm not a beach guy at all. I'm a skin cancer guy. I'm not, you know, and I'm not, you know, some fucking, you know, buff lifeguard kind of dude that, you know, if you've ever seen a picture of me, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I like storms. I like tropical, you know, thunder, lightning, flashing, passionate, crazy air and brain clearing storms. That's that's my thing. So, you know, when you say, oh, yeah, the weather's great in L.A., well, yeah, that's lost on me. I like seasons. I like storms. I like change. Earthquakes don't count as weather. All right. I don't really dig earthquakes. Although I've been in a lot of fucking earthquakes. I was in the earthquake in um, San Francisco when the bridge fell in 89. I was actually my girlfriend at the time and I were moving into an apartment. And I think um, literally like carrying a sofa into the apartment when that happened. I think this was the universe reaching out to me and saying, dude, you might want to think again about moving in with this woman, but I didn't listen. Should have listened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The universe, the universe works in mysterious ways. Anyway. All right. Intro sure design t-shirts. That is our sponsor, our much beloved sponsor. Now Duncan goes into paroxysms of, glory and gratitude when he talks about sure design t-shirts and I, I trust me if i could i would all right bennett uh who owns the the company's super cool guy really 
I haven't inspected the facilities in Chiang Mai, Thailand, but knowing Bennett uh, and what kind of man he is, I'm sure that he treats his workers well. They're not locked in. They're not uh, in danger of some sort of disaster like we've seen in Bangladesh recently. Uh, that's a hunch. That is not a verified fact, but uh, it's a hunch based on the fact that, you know, um, Bennett, a guy got, uh, a guy was caught in a, a refugee, actually was caught in a fire a couple months ago, saving somebody. He ran into a burning hut to drag somebody out and he got, I guess the hut collapsed on him. He got burned pretty bad. And, you know, Bennett was uh, sending out pleas to raise money to help this kid with his medical expenses. Uh, so he's not the kind of guy who would be exploiting workers. And the T-shirts that come out of his operation are soft as, well, Duncan says they're soft as Thai pubic hair. I've never experienced Thai pubic hair, but I imagine that's probably how soft they are. They're very, very soft. And sort of stretchy, even though they're 100% cotton. I don't know how they do it, but really nice shirts. And, of course, if you go to chrisryanphd.com, you'll see our Sex at Dawn t-shirts, which uh, if you've ever, if you've listened to any of the last three or four episodes, I think, where I've been waxing about those shirts, you've heard the story. They come out of our Naked Reader Um. I don't want to say competition because it never was a competition. People just started sending in pictures of themselves naked with our book. And uh, the, one of the women whose picture arrived in my inbox was taken, her picture was taken by her lover, partner, friend, I don't know, who is uh, Levi Greenacres. And he's, um, Levi is a designer and a tattoo artist and a book designer, and he's a man of many talents. And uh, his website is levigreenacres.com. And um, anyway, so he did this painting of based on the photo, and the painting's sort of like in a, a Tibetan tanka with, uh, you'll see, and in the center of it is this beautiful woman lying, you know, flowing red hair, lying in the grass, reading our book. And somebody took a picture of the painting and sent it to me. And I got in touch with Levi. And so Levi and I agreed that, um, we could use this beautiful image that he made on our t-shirts and I'm sending him two bucks for every shirt we sell, uh, supporting the arts. And uh, so, anyway, if you buy a T-shirt from our website, they're twenty bucks plus, you know, shipping, whatever it is. Um, you're supporting Levi, the artist. You're supporting uh, Bennett down there in Chiang Mai, doing good works in northern Thailand. You're supporting my mother, who handles the shipping and handling and is doing a great job of it. And you're supporting this podcast. So that's killing four birds with one stone right there. There might even be another bird in there. I'm forgetting. Anyway, that's at uh, chrisryanphd.com where you can also hear this podcast. And uh, the podcast is available there. It's available on iTunes. If you listen to it on iTunes or you download it on iTunes and you haven't uh, given us a rating and um, a little comment or something, I'm told that really helps with the, uh, with the algorithm. And uh, what else? Oh, if you go to Shore Design T-Shirts, which is the, the shoredesigntshirts.com, that's the main site uh, where Bennett sells lots of shirts, uh, not just ours. 
Uh, I don't even think he sells ours. I think you got to go to me to buy ours, but he's got dozens, dozens of different designs, really funky designs. Um, anyway, you go to his website. If you want one of his t-shirts, put in sex at dawn, one word, sex at dawn, and you get 10% off. So that's pretty cool. And they're cheap anyway. So can't go wrong there. Okay. What else? At Chris Ryan PhD, you'll see if you go to the tangentially speaking uh, uh, page, you'll see there's a donate button. Feel free to donate any change you got lying around, uh, money burning a hole in your pocket. We're always happy to uh, to receive unexpected money from the universe. That's great. Uh, really appreciate support. Uh, you know, people, I, it, it's wonderful. It's like a change jar. That's the way I look at it. It's a tip jar. So if you want to throw something in the tip jar, please do. The other way you can do it is if you have an, uh, an account at Amazon, go through that little button there. You'll see, I think it links to electronics, but it'll take you to Amazon. Then you can go from wherever you want. And anything you buy at Amazon on that visit on that click through will get a few percentages of uh, 4% I think or 3% of whatever you spend so if you buy a like let's say you're going to buy a washing machine for $500 and you instead of just going to Amazon you click through our thing then we'd get 4% of $500 which would be what 20 bucks I guess um fantastic and it doesn't cost you anything extra so it's uh, it's very cool. They don't, they, you know, it comes out of Amazon's cut. In other words, it doesn't incre- increase yours. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Ryan PhD. I'm on Instagram, same name. And I think that's pretty much all I have to cover in the promo. Sorry for the long commercial. Uh, I figure it's better to do it all at the beginning, and you can skip ahead if you want. You've heard it before. Now, as I said, this is a group um, three-way podcast between the three of us. We're drinking beer. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was recorded just a couple of days ago. Uh, It was recorded Sunday, June 1st, I think, or whatever that Sunday was at the end of May, beginning of June. All right. That's it. Hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Oh, I should also say that it's kind of abrupt at the beginning because for the first 15 or 20 minutes, it was really hot at um, Duncan's place and he had an air conditioner running and listening to it now, we turned it off after about 10 or 15 minutes and and listening when I was uh, producing this, it's loud. It's really irritating and loud. So I just cut that part out. Um, and yeah, it wasn't anything vital. We were sort of getting rolling, but I decided rather than irritate you with the air conditioning sound, uh, I just cut that part out. And, uh, since there was nothing vital in that, I let it out. And then at the end, um, I cut a little, uh, some stuff off at the end as well, because there was some confusion. We opened the door and there was some noise there. So if you hear a little abruptness, that's, uh, that's just me learning how to do this better. <laughs> I hope I'm learning how to do it better anyway. All right, cool. That's it. Enjoy the podcast. Hope you're having a good day. Bye.
That sounds a lot better with that. Now we're not being chased by aliens anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> you, I can actually AC. hear you guys. Yes. <laughs> I just, while you were talking, I just noticed how loud that was getting. The yeah. entire time I was going lip reading what you guys were saying, imagining <laughs> it, feeling it in. In fact, I have no idea if we're having the same conversation right oh. now or if we are. Really? Is it not coming through your headphones? No, it is. Okay, it is. cool. You know, man, uh, I think that the trick, like, all of us are just. Like we're talking about one level of consciousness, which is being in your head. Then there's this other level of consciousness, which is the heart chakra, as they say, which is like just being purely in the moment. Like the head is great for, I think it is great for writing and for analyzing and for breaking apart paradigms and deconstructing things and all the various things that books tend to be. Because uh, what are you gonna if you're in your heart? What's your book gonna be? Is it? It's just gonna be. <sighs> oh, just like one long sigh or something like the book. you know but like when you think about the really important things like sex for example the worst place to be when you are a stand up if in sex or stand up if I find myself considering what I'm going to do next I know I'm fucking up. Right. I know I'm not where I need to to yeah. be because when you're at when you yeah. when you're having sex and you get into that, just you're in this primal moment and you let go and you let this deeper thing take over and suddenly it's the you don't even know what's happening. You're just part of some right. volcanic explosion that's happening. Duncan's uh, a premature ejaculator. <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god how dare you not totally not totally getting in your head when yeah. you're when you're when in any in anything it's like, zone yeah. yeah yeah so like the idea is you see it seems like i've noticed and in running too if i'm like thinking about the where i'm running to or like how much longer I've got, mm -hmm. then the run oh, is Jesus. hell. Yeah, of course. That's every run I've ever had. No, but I mean, not being self-conscious. Yeah, of course. But not being self-conscious is one thing. Being self-conscious the other way about putting yourself down and kind of in the metaphor you're using is like if in the middle of having sex, you're going like, do I really have a right to keep trusting forward <laughs> and backward? I'm like, is good it enough really for her? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, that's I know, like, she's going to have a wonderful orgasm <laughs> soon. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, really? You want to do that? It's yeah, like, yeah. May I touch your breast now? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's... That all, all that weirdness takes me out of the moment. You know, all yeah. that, like, you know, consent rituals and all that bizarreness. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, can I sign form four so that I can lick <laughs> yeah, your asshole now? Exactly. <laughs> Amendment seven. So what's your book about? The uh, book? Yeah. Exo that's what, that's the fucking pro. It's, it's just going to, it's a, it's a, basically I've just noticed that I have repetitive things that tend to come up in the podcast. So I'm just breaking those Good. down into essays and then fucking great. writing that. And the beauty, for me, the beauty of the book is that you can, it's the opposite of that experience you have when you come home from a party and you think, oh, fuck, did I really say that? Or, oh, I should have said, mm -hmm. you know. It's like now you can do it. You yep. can just go back and make it fucking perfect. Yes. You know? That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah, I think that's a cool thing. And, you know, I don't know. I also just like hanging out with you and hanging hang out with Danielle and uh, hanging out with the you know the people I've met on the podcast. I feel like I have like ga have gathered some information that's worth sharing with people. That I've mostly gotten from other people or or things that I've you know. Yeah, gotten. here's the humility. Humility. Here comes the fake. You know, yeah. it occurs to me that all humility is false. Yeah, I did because otherwise it's just stating the facts, right? right? But if it's humility, if it's got that, oh, I'm just no. It's 
It's intrinsically it's false Christ, because the person saying it's aware of the fact that they're you know, not really. I don't feel right. like I, listen, I not you, not I, you. I know. No, I some I, as part of the stupid analysis of the mind, the mind and uh, analyzes what you're calling humility. But my experience with all of this shit has been that the whatever I'm saying that people like. I I I don't feel part of that thing. I feel like right. if you get exactly. in the moment and let the thing come out of you, exactly. great. But to think that you're the thing, that's the world. That's a huge fucking mistake. Right. Which this is cheap ass radio doesn't make the Mozart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it, man. And and, yeah. and I don't know if that's humility or just kind of an honest appraisal. It is. It's enlightenment. Is what it is. You're not humble. You're enlightened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> Those swastikas <laughs> on your foreheads, bitches. <laughs> the carve, that sh- carve that shit in. Well, that, that's one thing I respect about Manson. <laughs> is his that's, yeah, that's Manson. always the great beginning of when you want to start a good sentence, yeah. you start with, that's what I really respect about yeah, Manson. Hitler had some good uh, ideas. Right. It's like, let's yeah. see how the sentence continues. I, 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 I respect a lot of things about Manson. Me too. Go ahead. Okay, you first. I meant it. He's a, uh, one thing that I really respect about him is his... Uh, extreme confidence and his uh also he seemed to be like a he would have been a great actor if he'd gone for it like he's so good at like being in the moment and transforming into like um he, you know one thing his followers said about him which I don't doubt at all is that he would transform into whatever the thing you are afraid of or whatever the thing you love the most he was able to like see see he was able to reflect shit back at you in a really precise right. way that was really like somehow illuminating. And I think that that is a uh, skill people can get where they yeah. can, you know, like you see it in um, neurolinguistic programming and so that's people who are really like uh, uh, people who are really good at seducing other people like in the game and stuff. Yeah. A yeah. part of seduction is you uh, begin to reflect back upon a person, whatever is wonderful about them. And then they see what's wonderful about them and you and the difference between uh, an asshole and a guru is that an asshole will let that person believe that the thing that they're seeing is inside the asshole and not in the person. And a guru is like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you're just seeing what's great about you inside of you. It's not me at all. Right. You know, it's always pointing the person back to the fact that the right. projection. But Manson, is, I think, was very good at like uh, reflecting the, that shit and then what's claiming in- it as his own, which is what made him you know, ended up landed him in jail. But just to play devil's advocate, I mean, that's a job that I guess requires some, since you just defended Manson, I think I need to be able to (laughs) up it a notch. No, but I mean, in terms of what you're saying about the... it's not me at all, uh, kind of giving credit somewhere else, which is a healthy thing to do. You hear a lot of people, artists, music, you name it, people who are, it's something that goes through me as opposed to being me doing. But at the same time, and that's cool in terms of keeping the ego down and also being real because there's something about the truly amazing stuff that does feel greater than yourself, that does feel like it's going through you, but it's not that you sat down one day and planned it at your coffee table. The, um, but at the same time, it is through you. You know what I mean? There is an element that whatever amazing, weird spark is coming through you at the moment is um, 
there's your touch. Yes. And uh, that's as important as the spark because the spark by itself doesn't live just without a body. You know, it's going through you and your filter is important. So uh, while you're not saying, I'm the best thing in the universe, can you believe how fucking smart I am? All of that kind of stuff. You're not saying either I have nothing to do with it because yeah, it did come from your fucking lips. It, you do have something well, to do yeah, with I it. Yeah, I know what you know? mean, man. But part, like if I had an agenda, if mm-hmm. I was going to announce that I had some kind of agenda, my agenda would be trying to get more people to realize that 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 they could be a conduit for this yep. thing and then and because that's gonna you know why because that creates a fucking time machine mm-hmm. in the sense that if you can like get enough people to like get to 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 stop worshiping other people and start recognizing that oh no we're we've all like found mm-hmm. whatever this mysterious stream of consciousness that is in the zeitgeist right now we're all just vomiting out in our own way if more people just realize, oh, I can actually do that, too. That's the end result of all this shit anyway, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's that whoever's listening to this and has gotten into some kind of idolatrous relationship with Chris Ryan or Bellelli or me and has like started thinking, oh, these guys really are saying shit that I can't say. It's like, no. You're totally right. No! It's the fucking... It's, it's like that. It's, there's a goddamn... Yeah. Uh, this is Tesla. You know, when Tesla started saying that, that, that there's some energy field around that anyone can have access to and right. we don't have to meter it out and shit, that's the idea, man. It's like there's an energy field that we can all plug into and that thing is going to be perfect for whatever your speaker set happens to be based on your neurology and that thing's going to vomit out something that's going to be really interesting and wonderful and eventually someone's going to vomit out... A time machine. And they'll get a knock on the door from the FBI. Yes. And they'll be taken to the same re-education camp that they yes. spent a week at. Oh, it's fun. You, know, you reminded me of that scene in uh, the, the Monty Python thing about Life of Brian. You remember? Mm-hmm. Like they're following around the wrong uh-huh. guy yeah, the whole yeah. time because they mixed up the babies uh, yeah. at birth. Yeah. And at one point he like opens, he, I think he just had sex with somebody and he opens the window and there are all these people like, oh, cheering and he just freaks out. And he, he, he says, he says, leave me alone. You're following the wrong kid. I'm nothing special. You're all you're exactly. all individuals. You're all unique. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and they all say we're all individuals. We're all unique. And then one guy goes, "I'm not." <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, that but was fucking. The one dude saying, "I'm right. not." That was so brilliant. Fucking hell, man. You know, I know what you mean. There's like an anti anti. You're like shooting yourself in the foot when your message that you're trying to get out to a lot of people is don't pay attention to people who have a message they're trying to get out to a lot of people. Or, or in a just, way, you know? Yeah, just you finger, got your pointing, own message. finger pointing at the moon. We've just found this thing that we love to, to sing, sing about in our own way and, and just because it's fun to articulate it in the same way when you first discovered LSD and your friends had and you're like, you have got to try yeah. this experience. It's incredible. In the same way when you start realizing, like, oh, shit, there's this... For whatever reason, we're entering into an era where technology is leveling the playing field for every single person to get their ideas out instantaneously at a global level. And uh, since this has never happened before in human history, this is the this is the poison of dictators, the uh, the the acid burning away at the very foundations of everything that's created a mm-hmm. moralistic, repressive, and hor- you know horrific system. So, so then it's put in the seats of power all these old crusty shit fucks who've tricked everybody into thinking that 
they are somehow experts in morality and ethics. Is he talking about us, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> old crusty shit fucks? <laughs> you're not a crusty shit fuck. I'm talking about... Not that he said you're not a crusty shit fuck. <laughs> I'm old, but yes. <laughs> I, I'm talking about these sons of goddamn bitches who turn the fucking water hoses on the... On the like, when you yeah. see what's going on in Turkey right now. Oh, yeah. And you see, you see these people who are in the streets right now getting mm-hmm. sprayed with water hoses and sucking back tear gas. The youth. The young. And who's the one ordering the fucking water hoses? Inevitably, it's some withered old, crusty, leathery, angry piece of shit. One guy who's, like, ordering all this violence to happen. And I think whatever this stuff is and what's represented by Anonymous and freedom of information that comes from podcasts is uh, the the moment you start creating an identity where you're a leader is the moment you are actually stepping backwards instead of moving forwards into this technologically enhanced equanimous age. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that rant. <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, it, I'm, I'm going to be writing about that in Civilized to Death, writing about the difference between hunter-gatherer politics and our politics, right? And it all centers on this concept of leadership. A leader in hunter-gatherer societies is somebody that other people like to listen to. So you become a leader because lots of people respect you. The one thing you can do to disqualify yourself immediately from a position of leadership is show any sign at all that you want to be a leader. Yes. Because that's considered pathetic. Yes. And ridiculous and very dangerous. You don't want someone like that making any sorts of decisions because they'll lead you into conflict and problems. Yes. So I think we should have a system of politics in this country where people get nominated, like they get nominated for a Nobel Prize or whatever, and then they're elected and they have to do it. Like they don't getting want drafted. To do it. Yeah, like, like you right. know, Einstein, Israel tried to get Einstein to be their first president. And much to his credit, he said, hell no. But who got to do the nominating? Yeah, it would maybe by uh, internet, you know. Upvotes. Like, Reddit-style yeah, upvotes. Reddit-style upvotes. That's a great idea. Yeah, you know, and then it's like, you know, okay, you can absolutely refuse. You don't have to do it. But it's seen as your, sort of like your responsibility to your country. Your country's called on you. We'd really like you to lead us for, for six years, years or whatever it is. Yeah, please do it. And you can refuse, but we'd really like it. I think we'd have a much better system of leadership. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, for sure. And, it, and I think that, you know, over, that's, over time that's going to happen. And the more, um, the more information that gets out there, the more uh, the, these old, crusty, warmongering monsters uh, slowly disintegrate and... It's just a matter of time, for sure. It's a matter of time. I have a question, though, for uh, for Chris, because the whole hunting gathering model obviously is like the healthiest model possible. The whole idea of rule by consensus, which is everyone in the tribe agree to the course of action, is not a majority rule, anything like that. It's amazing. It only works in a face-to-face community where you have 40 people who see each other, who know each other since they were born, and people emerge as leaders naturally. Just because you said something smart so many times before, when there's a decision to be made, everybody turns to see what you have to say. If you say something they don't like, they don't have to listen. That's beautiful. At the same time is, how do you... How do you envision things in a large-scale society? Well, that's the thing. I I don't really. I I think what the argument we make in Sex of Dawn, and I'll be fleshing out more in the next book, is that, you know, 
human nature expresses itself in so many different ways depending on the context, mm-hmm. right? So asking about human nature is like asking what's the natural state of H2O. Yeah. Depends on pressure, yeah. altitude, temperature. All. So one of the – in a hunter-gatherer context, our nature plays out in that way, very egalitarian. But when we have more than 150 people to keep track of, which is right. called Dunbar's number, and it appears to be the maximum that our brain size can keep track of, once you get beyond 150, then other people become statistics. Right. Like Stalin said, one murder is a tragedy, yep. a thousand is a statistic, right? I think that's the the point he was making. Like, you, you, uh, 10,000 people get killed? What is that? It's yeah. a number, yeah. you know? If your brother, well, then that's some, that's yeah, that of course. So it's... Um, so I don't really see it playing out in large-scale society, although I think there are steps we could take to institutionalize the same sorts of mechanisms, right. which Duncan just came up with there mm-hmm. with the Reddit upvotes, yep. you know, that sort mm-hmm. of a technologically mediated way sure. of doing that. And we can also try to organize our lives in ways that we're more plugged into small communities of people that we see face to face, right? As opposed to really large communities of people right. we never see at all. That's of course, brilliant. of course. No, that makes it so. At the same, you are global in the sense that through internet and other medium, you can reach all over the globe. You have news from all over the globe, but at the same time, you're very localized because there's your right. local, your face to face tribe, your yeah. group of friends that you know live. your yes. neighbors, right. babysit yeah. for your neighbor. Is, right, you know, right. Like share food, share cars, share washing machines. What you know? What that kind of communal sharing yeah. life, I think, is very healthy for us. It's yes, essential. I mean, is the what it's in our DNA to every step of the way. Right. There's this sense of community. To that's be, why people, to have people around you that you trust. Yeah, that's why people today is like the one of the number one reason why you hear people being horrendously depressed in places like the states is um, loneliness, mm-hmm. which is funny because you're living in the middle of seven gazillion people all around. And then there's this sense of alienation because there's too many people. And it's like you, the, the speed at which things move is so fast that you don't really have the time to kind of get to know somebody, get a little yeah. deeper, build a little history. It's either, yeah. I mean, I remember when I first moved to US, I thought this is the friendliest place ever, right. you know, because I was like, within three seconds, I would get people give me their phone number and let's keep it. I'm like, wow, this is all so fast and so... And then I realized that, no, it wasn't my glorious biceps that were making men and women give me their number in one second and stuff. No, it was, uh, there's no second chance. So either you're going to hit it off as friends or as lovers, whatever that may be, in that minute, or a week from now, I've moved on to something else. I probably moved across the country, Mm, something else. Like the speed at which things happen and the geography is so much more intense that, you know, there's no second chance. That's I completely agree with that, and I saw that going the other way, mm-hmm. moving to Spain, where relationships yep, grow much exactly. more slowly and it's harder to get it. Um, but what I recognize there is that in Spain, people already have all their friends. Mm-hmm. There's no space. There, right. no, there's no opening to be filled. Really, you know? there's not like you're the friend of somebody and you hang out there enough times A and you're added bit. to the. But most of the people I know, they hang out with people they've been hanging out with since they were kids, right? And their families know each other, and there's intermarriage, and there's all right. this. You know, it's a small community, Mm -hmm. so they're very friendly, but they just don't have time to like, and they don't generally have parties in their houses either. This is why I think this is where um, uh, churches, there's something. Uh, yeah. Even though churches are all fucked up, yeah. many of them actually, some many of them aren't. But well, like Unitarian churches, yeah. they've got all the good shit without the this, propaganda. This is where, yeah, you get clusters of people who have formed around some game that they call a religion, and they're all playing this game, which is a, 
um, you know, some form of meditation or whatever the ceremony is. And I think that's how you do it. Because, yeah. you know, people will, like, email me from time to time and, and, and express what you guys are talking about, this kind of loneliness and this sense of, like, I don't I can't, I, I don't have these com- conversations where I'm at. And I just immediately will Google search where they say they're from and then meditation center or Google search where they say they're from and Buddhism. Yeah. And inevitably, like, something will pop up, some Zen center, some place, yeah. some something. And then I say, well, go, go to that. But, you know, and that's... if it's a cult, don't, don't, right. don't yeah. shave your head. Just... <laughs> don't give away all your shit. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the tricky thing is that you may, on paper, it looks like the same thing. Oh, it's the Buddhist center. It's the meditation place. It's what they talk about on the podcast. It's the same thing, right? You go there and the words are the same. You know, the speech is the same. The vibe is nothing like it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you're uh, saying you, all the right stuff, the but we're out. not in the same... You split. Yeah, right. But you're, at least you're, you've gone into this kind of like, instead of, you know, what ends up happening is people want to have an excuse to be little Boo Radleys. Mm-hmm. And they want to be all reclusive and there's nobody around right. in this town who, who, could, who can share these philosophical thoughts with me. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Guaranteed there is. And guaranteed it's been around for a long time. You just have to start searching. And the moment you start searching, somehow that momentum, in the same way like the moment you start trying to write, you might not get any, you might not catch any fish in the net the first few days, but suddenly something will start forming and then you that it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but okay. To, on the other hand, there are towns. I've lived in town. I lived in a town called Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go around Beaver Falls looking for. Then you start a group. Yeah. Then you fucking start a goddamn group. I mean, you start a book club. You the thing. The thing about it is, they, this is one of the things like. Um, uh, you know, Ram Dass will, says it in different ways, which I really like. Which is, if, if, if you want to experience love, then start being start loving. Start loving, right? And then it'll come to you, right? What if, if it doesn't? It does. Then just hold on, man. It does. It really does. I mean, it, what if it doesn't? Well, if it doesn't, then you know what? You're fucked, I guess. But <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, or it did, and you just aren't recognizing it. Sure. You know, I yeah. It's still this whole thing of like, I need, I need, I need, and I'm a victim, I can't find this or that. It's like, no. If you just, if you go and do, if you, you can't find a fucking meditation group, Craigslist. You know what phrase kills me? What? My needs aren't being met. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I just that's want horrible. to start. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hate that I phrase. I do too. That's I mean, not that I hear it that often. Yeah, exactly. But. I was like, where the hell do you hear that? That's just, I overheard it I in said, a cafe. No, yeah. I know what you mean when somebody needs something. I don't think. These, these, those are, these are the same people. Well, the, there's the implicit assumption that your needs deserve to be met. Yeah. You know, and it's also in the passive voice, which is always kind of sneaky. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you aren't meeting my needs. Well, it still sounds fucked up, but at least it's a little more direct. Yeah. No, but it's bad if you're hearing it in any context. If you're hearing it at 2 a.m. in your own bed, that would be really bad. No, my needs are yeah, not yeah. being met. It's a, and you it, don't recognize the voice. It's a, it's, <laughs> Even if you do that. Who's there? I live alone. That's so scary. Some fucking weirdo under your bed. Dexter. I've been living under your bed for the last two weeks, and my needs are not being met. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you never hey. want the guy who kidnapped you and put you in his basement to <laughs> yeah. say, my needs sure. aren't being met. Right. <laughs> you want to meet his needs. Yeah. Make sure they're being met. And well met. <laughs> Hell met. 
Uh, have you guys seen uh, Marin's show? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? Oh, yeah. it, Mark Marin. Is it good? I think it's really good. People are yeah, saying it's really I good. I think it's really good. It's And it's, you know, it's kind of like the Monty Python thing where, because what I'm going to say is that I think it's a lot like Louis' show, Louis C.K.'s show, that is unique. And they're both unique, but yeah. they're kind of unique in the same way. Right. You know? I'm not. Um, well, they're both like, like, aren't they both kind of like uh, these sort of neurotic existentialists going through life upsetting people yeah. with their honesty and it's very much about their real life so yeah. it's about Marin doing his podcast so it's the first TV show about a podcast which is why I mention it right. yeah I kind of got the image of a horse pulling a car down the road when I thought of a TV show about a podcast you know old media new media uh, interesting yeah there's a lot of different shows bubbling up with podcasts as some Component. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like Nerdist Show. I just saw that and they cut to his podcast studio. And then, like, what else did I see that? Oh, Rogan Show that's coming out is going to have a podcast component, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, well, it's cool, man. It's like a new, it is a brand new thing. It is a, it is an interest, it, it's an interesting thing, but one worrisome thing about it, and I haven't seen Marin Show. I think Marin Show is scripted anyway, but like, I think it's you know that one worrisome thing about the form is that it's very. What's great about this is like we we can say anything and we don't have time constraints. Right. And with TV, if you were to like throw this in front right. of a network executive and be like, "Can we just put this up?" <laughs> it's fifty. They call the cops. Minutes. They call the cops. They just get the fuck out of here, you yeah. psychopath! You can't put this up. They'd say, "Do you know who I am?" Yeah. Isn't that amazing, yeah. though? Isn't yeah. that amazing? You can't. You couldn't. You couldn't put this conversation... But you could on YouTube. You could put it on YouTube, but you couldn't put it on TV. TV, which is just this dispenser of the Mm -hmm. absolutely the worst shit, nine times out of ten. They wouldn't allow, you know, good conversations. Or they're... Really, TV... The reason TV sucks is not because the people who are trying to make TV suck. It's because the people who are trying to make TV have had to bow down to a form of really weird censorship. No. It's a an institutionalized censorship that nobody even blinks about when people say, "Well, we got to make sure this can go through standards and pra- standards yeah. and practices." Yeah. What is that? What yeah. standards and practices? What the fuck are you talking about? You mean the state? Have you seen the film? This this film is not yet rated. No. Oh, you should check that. out. It's a documentary about the the board that rates films, and it turns out there's like nobody even really knows who they are. They're not. Uh, they're like appointed by mysterious figures. No, it's like really clandestine and bizarre. Yeah, it's Kirby Dick is the director. Well, if, that's the that's the um that that's where you can start. There's different places where you can start brushing the scales of the dragon. Yeah, and one of the places you yeah. can brush the scales of the dragon is uh, when you start exploring. Who the fuck is saying that we that there's the fact that there's a fine for a nipple slip? Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. It's insane. What? That's insane. But I mean, that's the beauty of American society. You know, one end you go, what, a few miles from here, San Fernando Valley, world capital of porn. But at the same time, if a woman goes topless on a beach because it's a hot day, she gets arrested for indecent exposure. Yeah. So there's or, these or weird schizophrenic Exactly. There's this weird <laughs> schizophrenic thing between, yeah, yeah, yeah. the scandal over Janet Jackson boo popping so out for a quarter of a second. So you think that's the beautiful thing about this country? No. Where did you get that? Didn't you just say that? Uh, yeah, I think you said Beautiful that. ironic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beautiful okay. as in, like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Not beautiful as in, oh, how beautiful. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. That's a nice, fun little fucking coil of the serpent. And yeah. then there's a lot 
other coils of the fucking coil of the serpent. Yeah, coil of the serpent. Dude, you are gonna write. It. I'm gonna buy your fucking book. I'll buy it on pre-sale. You've got such a way with words. Yeah, the coils of the serpent. It's a fucking. It is. It is. You know, it, when you when you consider that what you just said, because you know, so many Americans are like, I'm just if you if you ever doubt how wonderful this country is. Yeah. Go and look at Iran the way they make right. their women. Or France. Go, yeah. You want to turn this country into France? You mean France where everyone lives better than yeah, you right now? Everyone's fucking yeah. happy. The food's delicious. The girls are hot and right around on mopeds and ponytails. I mean, and poor people live well in France. Yeah. they got fucking universal health care and, you know, the state but gives them money to take you know care what? of their kids. I bet in France, I don't know the rules, but I, I'm not sure, but I imagine if a woman takes her shirt off in France, she might get taken to the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Is, I think, My dungeon. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. Invited. A, invited to the dungeon. Here's the, you know, here's the thing, man. So many women right now are like up in arms over women's rights which I respect yeah. it's like you want to really fight this shit you gotta make it so you can take your shirt off without getting arrested no of course like you need to attack that law like that is right. an insane satanic fucked up law that mm-hmm. women can't take meanwhile so the end, end result is I'm, they start wearing like if you go to the beach now what when I was in Hawaii Jesus fucking Christ man they're like wearing belts it, it's like they're, it's like these weird string belts where the women are, they're not wearing clothes on the beach anyway. You know what I mean? It's like right. a weird string right. belt that goes up their ass so you can't yeah. see anything except their ass. And then, it's like, so it's like that the fact that that's okay, which is a million times more erotic and sexy than just being naked. The fact that somehow it's weird how that one little shred of clothes makes yeah. it sexy, but just being naked makes it normal. Yeah. But, like, the fact that that's okay, but they took their clothes off, there would be a fucking fat freakish cop dragging this girl <laughs> into the back of his car which is even more filthy and uh, sexual of course some man. cop being like come on naked lady I'm gonna take you downtown strip search you hose you down reach into your asshole see if you got any pills in there hippie <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even on TV, it's weird because it's like we are so much more comfortable uh, with extreme fuck. gore and violence yeah. than we are with the human body. It just yeah. I was in now. Here's where that that coil of the serpent, you know, really comes together. Vegas. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, the one and only time I've mm-hmm. ever been to Vegas was when I had just finished my PhD dissertation on human sexual behavior and prehistory. And of course, everybody writing a PhD, it's even worse than writing a book because. You're doing all this work, and you know, like, five people are going to read it, Ugh, ever. Right. And that's it. And yeah. they're going to be reading it looking to give you shit. Right. Right? So you're doing all this work, and everyone dreams that someone's going to read this. Some effect is going to come from this. So I turn it in. It passes. Great. A couple months later, I get an email saying, uh, you know, Dr. So-and-so passed along your dissertation to me, and we've, I've shared it with some other people. We find it very interesting. We'd like to invite you to a conference to present mm. your research. That's great. Fucking yeah, man. All expenses paid. Vegas. Nice. In August. Nice. Swingers convention. The biggest swingers convention in the world. 3,000 couples in one hotel. Jesus. Plus walk-ons. It was insane. That's great. Yeah, it was a really interesting experience. But anyway, um, in this hotel in Vegas, they're like... (laughs) <laughs> like all these orgies going on in, in different rooms and everybody knows what room and there are different rules like there's the S&M orgy and there are orgies where you can just go and stand around and then there are what they call the play to stay where you have to be involved mm-hmm. in sex or you can't stay yeah. there and all this stuff going on 
And yet, if you walk in the public areas at all, you have to be fully clothed. Oh, yeah, of course. Even in the convention room where they had this big costume party where people, I remember, like, women were leading men on leashes with nipple clamps and wearing tails and all this bizarre shit, right? Duncan's typical Tuesday night, in other <laughs> words. Tuesday night and Duncan's... Nah. Right, but the women couldn't show their nipples, so yeah. they're wearing this bizarre stuff, and they yeah. had to have these little pasty. Yes, yeah. no, like, no, oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's amazing. It's amazing. There was um, a few years ago. There was this free parenting magazine called Baby Talk mm. that had on the cover a picture of an infant nursing. You know, free parenting is like new parents don't know what to do. There's the magazine. It's free at the grocery store. That kind of stuff. And uh, some 30,000 angry letters were written immediately because it was obscene. There was a boob on the cover. And it's like, it's a baby eating. If you find that sexual, they're fucking weird in a lot of ways. Really? That, it's like, that's the first thought is how obscene that is? <sighs> a baby eating? What the fuck is wrong with you? My ex-girlfriend had amazing breasts. I mean, I've, I've been to the top of Breast Mountain. Cheeks said, it didn't happen. Oh, I've got to say. But anyway, she's a beautiful girl. And I, one of the first times I was with her on the beach with my friend uh, Martin, who's this like a horny, unabashedly horny Dutch guy, a very good friend of mine. And we're on the beach, and she was 19. She was really young. Uh, Martin and I were like late 20s. And she's wearing this bikini. And Martin said to her... Um, Peggy, why don't you take off your uh, bikini top? It's a topless beach. And she said, oh, English is her second language. She said, oh, no, that would be too spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> that probably would be, but... <laughs> what she meant was it would be a spectacle. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> that would be too spectacular. Yeah, uh, it is spectacular. Right. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's, it, it, it is fucking spectacular, and, and it's spectacular in a great way, and it's, it's awful that the goddamn thing has been turned into something where I've got to feel guilty about thinking it's beautiful or I've got to like feel weird about looking at it because I've been taught and conditioned this shit way. Sure. By, but it's like, the, again, so it's, you know, you start sort of, you, you kind of, you start, one of the funny things about religion is they always have this ephemeral thing that people believe in that you can't really find, you know, quite often. It's, and if you talk to the believers about the thing too much, they always get mad because they're frustrated because yep. they know that they can't show it and mm -hmm. then they get weird. In the same way, it's kind of like in the United States, it's the same thing with freedom where you're like, okay, well, I want to know where the freedom is here. Like, can yeah. you really tell me where the freedom is? Because pretty much everything I do that seems to be free can get me arrested. So, you're, you're free to start business more easily than in most other countries. So I there's freedom. That's what they're talking about. Which is great. Yeah. You can yeah. start a fucking business, but you can't smoke weed on the street. You can't. You, if you carry a beer bottle oh, right, yeah, out yeah, of a yeah. bar, yeah. you can get arrested. Right, unless it's in a paper bag. It makes at a least lot of in New sense. York. Yeah, which is yeah. When I first moved right. to New York, I was sitting in Washington Square Park listening to this guy play guitar, and I had a can of Foster's beer. And I just moved to New York that right. week, right? And I didn't understand it had to be in a bag. It, like, I th saw people with bags, but I thought, whatever, right. you know. And I'm drinking the beer. And there are all these dudes smoking, uh, all these Rasta guys, you know, getting high and everything. And this cop car comes around. They come over and they're like, they fucking arrested me. I'm like, really? There you go. I'm getting arrested? Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. That, that's what yeah. I'm talking about, man. And yeah. or what, like, what's one of the... What's, what's one of the nicest things? One of the nicest things is to go to a park... Right? You go to a park with your girlfriend. Yeah. 
you you take a bottle of wine. Oh, we're going back to humping in the field. Nice. This is circling around <laughs> full, here. Full circle. You go to a park with your girlfriend. <laughs> you have a nice. You pull out a bottle of wine. You have a nice glass of wine in the park, and it's fun. But in the United States, yeah. if you go to a park and pull out wine. Hmm. You can get yeah. arrested. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you should come. You guys should come to Canada. I'll yeah. tell you, Vancouver. It's so cool. I mentioned this in the last in the intro of the last podcast. There's a beach week. Cassie and I like to go to to watch sunset, smoke a joint. You can smoke a joint. Nobody gives a shit, right? And they've got all these beaches, beautiful beaches, and then there's one dog beach. So in the states, there are all these rules. You know, no dogs allowed, yeah. and no dog, no dogs. In Canada, it's like, hey, don't take your dog here. But there's a beach. For you and your dogs. Yeah. And it's a really nice beach, and all the dogs go there. And it's like such a accommodating way to run a society. The American society sure. is, con- is conflict-driven. Yes. And I think a lot of it, and it's getting worse because a lot of people who are in law, you know, in law enforcement, were in the military. So they were trained. You get out of the military, and there are no fucking jobs, right? And so the only job that your training is going to lead you into is police work. So you get these people who've been educated with a very us versus them mentality in Afghanistan and yeah. Iraq. And then they bring that mentality back here, and it's, it really poisons. Casilda hates it here. She feels like she's constantly this far from you know going to jail. She is. Yeah, well, she's brown and Muslim, and yeah. Yeah, she's, she's close to getting on the no-fly list, and that's yeah. another fucking thing that happens. So, you know, the, what the, 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 what's happening is no different than what's always been happening. It's this in, inevitable conflict. And it's not just in the United States. It, it, it is in Iran. And it is in these, any place that there's religious fundamentalists who have squirmed their way into writing legislation, you will find some of the most insane fucking laws ever because they're using a non-existent moral being to determine how people are supposed to live instead of using nature as a model. And that's always going to get you into trouble. Yeah. Yeah, Um, although the thing about the United States, just to lend some balance to it, you know, we said, what are our freedoms? Well, one of the freedoms we have is publish anything you want, say anything you want like we are now. Um, but what's tragic about the United States is that, and maybe I'm naive on some level, but I really do believe that this country was the freest place when? on the planet. Well, 20 yeah, when? years ago, 30 years ago, before Reagan, I mean... I mean, you mean after, not if you were gay after or World black. War, No, no, right. but I mean legally, in terms of the Constitution and the, the, the laws that were at least being pretended to be followed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were on the books. Now those laws are coming, like torture, sure, right? Or the the um, the conventions at the end of World War II, I forget what it's called, where they, you know, the war, the war. I got to tell you, man, I got to disagree with you there. I don't think the United States has ever been a place where there's been much freedom. We were founded on slavery. Uh, there, there's been a place where there's been freedom for a small for a white man, for a yeah. small demographic, right. for sure. But they, but look what's going on with this AP case now, right? Where there's all this uproar because the White House uh, got into the emails and the phone records of some AP reporters. That's a big deal. Watergate was a big deal. Yes. Most places on the planet, the government fucking with the press yeah. isn't a big deal. Right. That happens all the time. No, no, no. This is... You the, know, Italy, Berlusconi, yeah. Spain so has no free so press. So here, here I am. I'm at a slumber party with my three friends, and we're all getting molested by our uncle. So 
one of my friends is like, you are so fucking lucky. Your uncle only fingers your asshole. <laughs> and right. I, my uncle mouth fucks me and jizz, makes me open my eyes while he jizzes in my eyes. That burns. What are you complaining about? Your uncle just fingers your... I'd give anything if I had an uncle that just fingered my asshole. I think it's like that fucking goddamn thing where it's like, well, at least that, that, yeah. that thing. I don't yeah. like that thing. I yeah. think really... It, it all goes back to just logical truth, which is that we should be allowed to consume any intoxicant that we want to consume. If we break laws that have already been formed while under the influence of an intoxicant or not, we should have penalties for that fucking thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Just, there's just some basic human freedoms that we don't have in maybe any society right, right. now. Right. And it's the job of free thinkers to, mm -hmm. as much as possible, you know, voice dissent in the hopes that somebody who's more organized and less stoned and more focused will cause change that I can enjoy. I was having to... And we'll start by women taking off their shirts. Yes. Drugs legal and women to walk around without shirts. You, know, you calling women to, to public rebellion is kind of like Charles Manson. Because, you know, you know, the whole thing about Manson was that he thought that he was the trigger that was going to spark the black uprising mm -hmm. in the United States. Mm. Did it occur to the dude that he's white? I don't know. Or, you know, the racism inherent in thinking, the Beatles are talking to me, and, I, and they're going to tell me when to send the signal to the black people so that the uprising yeah. will take place. That, that's a funny situation. It's a funny situation to think that somebody heard that and was like, well, that makes sense. Where do I sign up? <laughs> right. All women, huh? Yeah. Hey, I knew a dude who lived with the Mansons. I've got this whole Manson story, which I won't tell now because it's a long, involved story, but I'm, I'm going to tell it on a podcast sometime. It's, I've got a weird connection to the Mansons. There's a great YouTube documentary. Uh, if you Google search Manson, it was um, made in, I think it came out in 1973. And it's the best Manson documentary I've seen because it's got... All this footage of the family hanging out on Spawn Ranch that I don't think is anywhere else with them. They were fucking so stupid. They were like juggling babies. They like because Manson's thing was like, uh, you know, overcome your fear mm -hmm. and uh, overcome all forms of fear. So if you went there and you were a guy and you had any kind of fear of being gay, you would be fucking guys until you realized that that didn't matter. And then like. If you were, if you like, if you had a baby to help get rid of the baby's fear, it just shows one of these idiot hippies just kind of like, like basically swinging an infant like a lasso, and like the idea is they're trying to like expunge the fear from the baby. But <laughs> <laughs> sure that worked really well. It's Along not... with flying brain matter straight out of the it's years, and it's not working, Charles. <laughs> Swing harder. Swing harder. <laughs> Just try to imagine the Mansons like in a grocery store. Kid starts crying. Like, oh, give it. I'll help you. It's an incredible thing. But the, the Manson family, I think, is really awesome. And the thing that Manson said when he was on trial was, uh, you know, he did make the really astute point that it's like, you guys are mad at me because my followers went and killed some people? Yeah. Look at Nixon. Right. How many of his Cambodia. followers are fucking killing people right now? How many of Obama's followers at this very moment are control Some weird dudes in CIA trailers probably at this very moment are flying a Predator yeah. drone and shooting <laughs> missiles into villages. And you know where they're based? I have no idea. Just north of Las Vegas. That's where oh, the Trump pilots are. Wow. 
was a base just out of Las Vegas. So those people live in suburban Vegas. They're out there like shooting, you know, blowing shit up. They get in their cars. They pick up the kids on the way home at school. Yeah, I've read interviews with these guys. And they go and blow up people. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they do. And so it's a really interesting thing in a PTSD, you know, perspective. Because they're not like away at war and then Mm -hmm. come home from war. Those guys go and come from some sort of abstract war every day. It's a very strange thing. Well, fuck them, and 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 it's a, it's really important <laughs> under, to. Under. But not yet. Wait till Danielle and I leave. Drone <laughs> yeah. struck on Duncan's apples. Yeah, there's just some. You know, man. If I'm like hanging out with a kid, and the kid is like somehow man, man, started blowing up animals with a remote controlled drone, mm. even if the animals, even if it's like rats and there's a rat infestation I'm going to say to the kid you know I bet we can figure out a better way to deal with this than you using a remote controlled drone to blow up things and and I know that's oversimplifying it this is what they say the murderers inevitably will say you are oversimplifying things we must use these remote controlled flying death robots to rain fire on children don't you see no it's an obvious thing women no shirts drugs legal stop flying death machines Right. And what a one... The world, like, starts getting better right away. And um, I don't know why I'm even, like, getting well, self-shrill about this well, shit. No, but that's what's it funny fucking about matters. It. Yeah, because the does. whole... When people go off about... And everybody in every other country go off about freedom forever. It's all about... From, you know, commercials to... It sounds like people really love freedom. And then you say, well, so I take it you mean you're clearly in favor of legal prostitution, consenting adults right. wanting to, so you're in favor of euthanasia, you're in favor of, uh, you know, free drug, all that kind of stuff, right? It's like, no, wait, that's not what I meant. And it's like, well, I heard freedom. Freedom means whatever whatever you do as long as you don't step on somebody else's freedom. That's yeah. what freedom means. So yeah. what exactly are you saying when you're saying that you are for freedom? Well, and that's playing out on a geopolitical level right. with this whole Arab Spring, you know, like in Egypt. You know, they rise up, they want freedom, and then they elect the Muslim Brotherhood in office. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So with your freedom, you're choosing right. something that's actually sort of opposed to freedom. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and it's, if you choose it for yourself... Who cares? Who That's ca- your it's, thing. It's your you freedom, know, it's like yeah. You are a fan that way, good for you. But when you start choosing for everybody else, that's where it becomes the problem. Because it's like, I have no problem that you think that uh, euthanasia is terrible. Hey, maybe you have a point. You don't do it. That's funny. Yeah, I was just thinking else? of that yeah. while you were talking, euthanasia. Yeah, that's a huge example. If you don't have the right to end your own life, yeah. what right do you have? I mean, literally, it's like, yeah. does it get any You don't own that? your body? Yeah. Then what do you own? Here's a funny thing. If you have a... a, a uh, form of cancer that's going to kill you over the course of five months in the most painful way ever. You have to let the cancer kill you in the most painful way. If you're just super depressed and kind of like crazy, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to give myself a very painful form of cancer that's going to kill me in five months as a form of suicide, that's illegal. You can't do that. You have to, like, if the, if the decision has been made to end it, then it's illegal. If there's no decision made, then it's kind of like if someone's, it's, it, cancer is a fire. It's a biochemical fire that burns you from the inside. It burns you alive from the inside. So it's like someone's on fire inside their fucking body, and there's no way to put it out with the technology that we have right now. Yep. So you're fucking saying that instead of letting this person die in a quick, easy, painless way, you're going to let them burn to death? Yeah. You fuck. Yeah. You say to Massa And call it a reverence for life. Oh, yes, we love life. Yeah. We love... And, you know, that example you use is even... 
more horrendous because there are laws in this country against doctors using too much opiates, right? Yeah. So doctors are very nervous about prescribing too much because if they prescribe above a certain level, they start getting investigated by yeah. the FDA. So many doctors under-prescribe pain medications for people who are terminal sure. with the justifi- justification being that they don't want them to get addicted. Yep. Yeah. It's they're, terrifying. They're worried about you getting addicted and you're going to be dead in three months. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? But truth is, man. Unbelievable. The truth is, there is an underground out mm, there. There's yeah. an underground that is uh, that is very compassionate. And, yeah. and, and if you're dying and if you have a, yeah. any kind of... Uh, if you have something like that, then there is... There are people out there that are operating under the radar. A that, lot of them are doctors. Yeah. You know, I think Kevorkian is going to go down as... One of those people who most of us have already forgotten about, but in a hundred years, everyone will know who. Oh, knows. of course, he's a hero. I yeah. think so. And, and Bradley Manning. And, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people who are sort of out on the edge of the radar right now, mm-hmm. but over time, they're going to be revealed. They're not. I mean, they're on the edge of the radar if you watch Anderson Cooper. They're not on the edge of the radar if you just flipped out RT News or Al Jazeera or any yeah. kind of like authentic the story. Yeah, yeah, when you see yeah. those things, are like because if you go to the mainstream news right now, but those things are on the edge of the radar that's yeah. the problem yeah. yeah they are they are because they're they're outside the the paradigm and they're you know what it's it's really sad assange yeah. manning all these people are actually patriots like they are like the the beloved thomas jefferson that so many of these tea party people are yapping about right, right. there are thomas jefferson there are like people who can lead us into a a, a, a an actual time of like human where humans stop blowing people up and start working on making fucking spaceships interstellar travel and seeing if we can control the flow of time and using our technology to develop super advanced sex androids to uh, take care of Danielle to take take care of (laughs) all these great fucking things that that we're just so close to right now or that we we, based on uh, what, what technology is giving us emerging from the technological field you have these Martyrs, these technology. What all these people have in common is technology. Mm-hmm. You know, they're using this advanced uh, communication mechanism to transmit these stories of oppression to the world, and they're getting thrown in dungeons for it. Yeah, Jeremy Scahill. Do you ever read him? Writes for the Nation. No. Uh, he's just got a, a new book out, or a new book and a film, a documentary called "The Secret War." It's about the drone campaigns mm-hmm. in, in Yemen and Afghanistan. He's a really ballsy dude. Like he goes in and meets the families of the people who've been blown up and finds out the backstory. And he's like digging. Just Ooh, his first wow. book was about Blackwater. Wow, it was a bestseller. Big. Big. I've got to read. Just that. Oh yeah, Jeremy Scahill. Just to fuck with you guys, because please, it's always good. Um, <laughs> I, of course, I mean, here, I'm sure we agree, you don't blow up babies, not polite to do. You know, it's the not, not uh, you know. It is rude. It's, it's very, very Especially rude. Especially at a party. Yeah, totally rude. So, but you can, um, you can swing them around. <laughs> right. Swing the fear out of them. Swing that baby around and around, put the foot and push it down. So that's it, because I mean, the thing that, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you guys don't square it <laughs> All the time. I was just waiting for you to start, but yeah. <laughs> Toilet and flush it down. <laughs> that, that, that was like, all right, here's the thing, man. I was, I square danced in like fourth grade when I lived in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. It was a gym class right. where we would square dance. 
And yeah, there was like the do si do, like swing your partner round and round, right. and then it said something, and then rhymed with down. And all the kids in fourth grade said, put her in the toilet, flush her down. <laughs> you know? And that's what stuck in my fucking mind. That's why I'm not a comedian. I remember the first ten jokes I ever heard, right. and they good. were all in third grade, yeah. and I can't remember a joke if you told right. me five minutes ago. What were you anyway, saying, Anyway, go ahead, Danielle. Oh, fucking right. with you guys. Um, the thing you hear all the time about people on the left, by now even on the right, about the opposition to, you know, war on terror taken too far, that fucking drones killing a bunch of TV civilians, all this and that and the other, all true. Um, what do you guys see as alternatives to that because that's one of the things that all the time you hear is why it's wrong and i get it i agree what's right instead the what's the good alternative see i get this all the time like I, I tweet something about you know another fucked up thing about america and sure. i'll get people right back and say well compared to where spain where there's 25 percent unemployment right. yeah. compared to the absence of that yeah Compared to something that doesn't exist. Yes. Right. Because if, if you say it's illegitimate to compare it to something that doesn't exist and only compare it to things that do exist, then there's no possibility of progress. Progress no, is, in, by definition, moving into a state that in didn't general, exist. In general, I agree completely with right. you because you're talking about an ideal. Right. Like, so why what are we, we talking about? Islam and all that? The, like, oh, the yeah, civilization like that, in which, Okay, uh, you go in and right. instead of blowing people up, including mm-hmm. a lot of innocent people, mm-hmm. you say what, what Obama tried to say, which is... Yeah, there's a, a long history where the United States has fucked with you people. Mm-hmm. We've we've supported dictators. Mm-hmm. We've supported the torture state that you you and your father and your grandfather mm-hmm. all lived under. We've exploited your resources. That's true. Right. And let's start again. Let's start new, which Obama could have done, mm-hmm. right? And but of course they won't let him. And say, let us Instead of you know sending in a hundred million dollars worth of uh, bombs, why don't we put in thirty million dollars worth of schools and health? Yeah, that's it, you know? man. That's Peace it. Corps. Peace that's, Corps. That's you know, the that, fucking war. It, it costs so much less, and you're acknowledging people's grievances. They do have grievances. Mm-hmm. Everybody on this planet has a reason to be pissed off at the United States if they want to be yeah. right. And on to take your point, I mean, there is a certain, um, you know, you're a big target if you're the biggest, strongest country in the mm-hmm. world. But enough with the fucking arms. Enough. There's a, a thing I read recently that takes the price of one F-35 sure. or whatever the new one is and says, here are some things you could do with the right. price yeah. of one F-35 that they wreck when they're mm-hmm. fucking training in the desert, right? And it's like, you know, how many schools? Sure. How, it's like what we do with prison. We spend more per person on prison than we would on education and housing. Right. If we, It's not cost effective. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not effective in any level. So that's what I'm saying about foreign policy. Instead of blowing people up. Yeah, you come to this country and try to kill somebody, mm-hmm. you're going to prison forever. Sure. But we're not going to torture you. We're not going to fucking waterboard you. Yeah. We're not going to send you to some prison in Cuba that's not really Cuba without ever charging you with anything and even knowing if you ever did right. anything and leave you there forever because we can't think what else to do. That's bullshit. Well, right. you know what we're going to try to do? We're going to try to deprogram your ass and try to figure out why the fuck you wanted to kill people. And if we right. can, we're going to try to heal you. Right. That's what we're going to try to do because we're humans yeah. and you're a human and we don't know why you wanted to hurt us. But if we can if we can shift it inside of you so that you um, no longer want to kill your species for some kind of invisible, non-existent death god then we're going to try to do it and if we can't we're going to keep you in a place where you're not going to hurt any of us right that's it i think it's a the war is a war of spreading uh connectivity 
The war is a war not of spreading information because information there's so many forms of information. Mm-hmm. The war is a war of create. You know, one thing this Roshi Joan Halifax was saying at this meditation retreat I went to that I really liked is that fantastic podcast that, ah, that you, you recorded very, there. By very much. That was she's, really great. She's amazing. Ronald's amazing. One thing she was saying is the idea is to try to create the conditions, the perfect conditions for a person to attain enlightenment. In other words, you, we're right. not going to try to, we're not going to, we, we can't inject you with enlightenment. Yeah. We might be able to create a situation where you wake up to what you really are. And the same, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, know, you, but it's the exact same thing with teaching. They say you can't teach anyone anything. All you mm-hmm. can do is create an environment in which learning takes place. That's right. it. Yeah. Create an environment of connectivity. That If you can do that in any of these goddamn countries, create an, because what a tyrant's automatically try to do they try to disrupt connectivity they try to make it so that they shut down the internet they shut down information streams they try to disrupt information streams create a a climate of connectivity and in that connectivity nature will take care of itself because nature is connected and then through that that's where the real revolutions emerge and the real that's where real freedom starts emerging because people are sharing pure information and pure information is the uh, pure information is the poison of dictators. Pure information is the poison of all cults, all tyrants. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm being naive. I don't know. I mean, I know information streams can be disrupted, but they can't just be disrupted when there's um, so many channels coming in. It's like anytime, uh, anytime anyone tries to like remove some pirated song from the internet, please. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? You can't do it. Once it's out there, it's out there. Now, let's let's take this back to family styles and raising kids and Charles Manson swinging babies around. One of the things that that Casilda tells me about Africa is that kids in Africa, and well, not only Casilda, many people have told me that a lot of kids in rural Africa, they're sort of raised by everybody. The whole it takes a village thing, right? So if, one, yeah. if, you're, if your father's an asshole... It's not that big a deal because you got lots of adult men in your life who love you and take care of you and teach you and take you fishing and, you know, whatever. People yeah. do what they do, right? And if your mother's a pain in the ass, there are other women who love you and take care of you. So it, it's like what you're saying, these, these multiple information streams coming into the kid. Yeah. And if one of them's fucked up and distorted in some way, it's not a big deal. It's crowdsourced learning in a way, crowdsourced nurturing, which is much better for us as a species. It's the way we evolve. Mm-hmm. But I just want to bring Kyle in. He's been sitting over here silently. Uh, so if you hear another voice, that'll be Kyle. Thanks. Um, actually, I want to piggyback on that, talking about how... Um, crowdsourcing family and um, raising children and societies. A friend of mine, she works in doing education research and they have this private school somewhere up in like the Panga area, I think. And um, they found that children learn... Sorry. Is this still okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> children learn best from their peers. So a fifth grader is going to learn um, their next topic in science or math from someone in sixth grade. They're being supervised by uh, actual right. teachers, but you learn best from those who just learned it. So cool. if you're going to play basketball, Beautiful. you're not going to learn best from Kobe Bryant. He's, he's so far ahead of you. He might teach you some other things that yes. don't matter, but I mean, that was really astonishing. And that's how you research. Right. It's like, it completely just who brings it back home. Huh? Who said that? A friend of mine, she's a, a researcher. So cool. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly right. And, and it's natural. You can tell it's natural because who does a 10-year-old... What, whose opinion does a 10-year-old right. value highest? The 11-year-old. Yeah. You know? 
It's great. And, and it works great for the 11-year-old as well because you never learn something as good as when you're showing it to somebody else. So back to the Duncan thing of what right do I have, it's, uh, it helps you just as much as it does. Somebody's getting a good deal out of it because it's getting something that maybe they are not there yet. Right. And you're getting something good out of it because, God damn, you can get into it. In, when you're passing it to somebody else, you're never going to do as good as a job for yourself. Right. First and well, as a writer, you know right. that. You don't know shit until you really write it. Right. And some, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, I, I hate writing, but I love having written. The most handsome man that could have said that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, I thought it was Virginia Woolf, but you look a little like her, so maybe she had great biceps too, man. So, no, but it's true. But on the other hand, it's funny. I don't know if you experienced this, but but you know, you know, you learn something really well when you have to write about yep. it because you're, you know, imagining like everyone in the world yep. who could possibly find an mm-hmm. error or whatever. But the other thing is, at least in my case, I forget. So people ask me question about Sex at Dawn. It's like, dude, I haven't read that book in three years. Right. You know, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, I know I wrote it, but I mean, kind of, writing is kind of for me anyway. It's kind of like a, a memory download. And it, like I clear the RAM yeah. for the next thing I'm thinking about, and I sort of forget mm-hmm. a lot. It's mm-hmm. in the book, you know. Right. It's, yeah. It exists, so now I don't need to hold it yeah. all in my head. I delivered that baby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean, man. It's, a, it's it's again, it goes back to the conduit thing. It's like the you for whatever reason that book grew out of you, and now something new is growing. Like it, you know, you yeah, combining what Kyle said with what you said with Kobe Bryant and all that. The ego of writing, when I was thinking, one time someone you know, came up to me at a talk or whatever and were really kind and generous, and I remember saying to them, they said, you must be so proud. And I remember thinking, yeah, I'm not proud. I'm, I'm really not. I'm, I feel like Kobe Bryant's dad. Hmm. And someone would say to Kobe Bryant's dad, you must be so proud. And right. this is a guy who never played basketball, right? right. I mean, he, it's like, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, what, I raised Kobe. You know, he's a nice guy. But the fact that he's a great basketball player or not, wins or loses, that's him. That's not me. I didn't do that. This, this is the problem. This is We've just been indoctrinated in this form of thinking that's all selfish and based on personal gain and everything, every, everything you do is supposed to... Be for personal gain and personal. I'm not saying personal gains. Personal gain is great. It's a, it's good to have accomplishments. It's nice to have prosperity. But it, again, like we have to look at the potential. What what is the potential energy of our species? What is the potential energy of our species? And we can see little sparks of it when information isn't obstructed. Then it tends to create some of the most insane novelty ever. And so, for example. Uh, the, f- the free flow of information is what all technological enhancements are based on. So what is the potential of our species? Well, the potential of our species is that we can wake up computers mm-hmm. so that they come to life and have their own consciousness. And uh, eventually, with the help of this new entity that we've basically summoned through our a- a technological advancement, we might be able to like create a way to affect the flow of time or to control the fourth dimension so that we can travel to any place in the universe at any time that we want to. That is the potential. Or at least let each other die in peace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At yes. least that. But right? you know, man, and, and that's great. And I think we can get to a, a, a place of social equilibrium. I think that is a potential, but I, the, the, 
beyond that, if it, it is not insanity to say that if everyone on the planet worked together instead of getting caught up in invisible, non-existing uh, death gods or invisible, non-existent notions of freedom, if everyone just worked together and gave up these insane ideas of country and state and ideology, then we would be able to create either a time machine or some form of uh, new interstellar travel that would allow us to go to other fucking planets. That's but, what we okay. can do. That's not insane. But do we That's want real. to? Do you really want to go to other planets? Yes. Yeah. Really? Kyle, Kyle's in on that. So I'm just saying. I mean, where do you want to go, man? The moon to start. I mean, the moon's right there. It's waiting for sure. us. We're already ready. We just have seed the moon. Commercialized. The virgins are already taking like orders from the richest people in the world to take flights to the moon and have vacations there. I don't know what they're gonna do, play golf or something, but this is gonna come back saying, "I saw the moon." Put that sticker on there. Doctor Chris Ryan, come on, look I, at this. I met Elon Musk a couple months ago. The guy who owns SpaceX. Oh wow, cool! You know who's actually building rockets? A champion, a champion. Yeah. And yeah. if you look at the history of our species, the history of our species is a migratory path that has uh, taken us all over the planet. And now, his uh, this same uh, desire to explore is like um, led us into the current amazing age that we're in. We have to keep following that, not get stuck on this fucking planet. We have to continue this migration that started in Africa and lead to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm a little more conservative with that. I, I kind of feel, you know, and maybe this reveals my overall agenda, but I, I feel like instead of looking for the next best place and trying to figure there's part of that process is shitting. You know, it's like cats versus dogs. You know why dogs, you can't teach a dog to shit in a box, but cats, it comes naturally. Well, that's, I've never thought of that, but that's yes. <laughs> because cats, felines in general, live in one range, and they stay in that range their whole lives. So they cover up their, their shit so that they won't scare away the prey. Whereas dogs just fucking run and run and run and run. So they take a shit, it doesn't matter, because an hour from now, they'll be ten miles away from it, right? All right. So... It's a different way of looking at your space. A dog is constantly traveling, a wolf is traveling through space, whereas a cat is like, this is my space, I'm going to take care of it, stay here, keep shit together. And I kind of feel like humanity, or at least Western humanity, the capitalist, European, Judeo-Christian humanity, is in the process, this, this exploration you talk about is this process of like, living in your own shit until it becomes intolerable and then go find a new place and shit all over that mm. and then keep moving along and we just keep destroying everything until it's no longer habitable and then we move not to be too yin yangy but you kind of need both you need the the best of both rather not both in their entirety but the ability to deal with the things how they are right here right now and fix the foundations of life where you live in this spot and at the same time What's wrong with expanding the range if it's not right. tied to all the negative crap that you're right yeah. you're pointing out? No, to expanding the range is fine, but it's almost always been propelled by either you made a mess yeah, of where you were, sure. or you're trying to plunder and re-rape and pillage where you're going. No, I completely but, agree. but also, the one, I mean, the, the flaw in your comparison is that you're talking about beings that are completely controlled by their instincts and take... I mean, I don't know how long it takes dogs to uh, evolve. I, I don't. I don't know. But humans are different. I think in the process of um, 
coming to a, 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 a special enlightenment, which is waking up to the fact that we're all just the same being and that we're earthlings, not Americans or Iranians or whatever. And uh, part of that is recognizing that we've got to keep the seedbed clean, which is our planet, so that we can... Um, you know, cre- 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 what we're looking for here is higher and higher levels of novelty, and part of that novelty involves travel. You know, interstellar travel. It's not the only. We. It's also the yeah. telescoping inward that will come from uh, the super advanced neurologically uh, enhanced uh, virtual reality devices. That Do are you think in- novelty is really the highest value, though? What if what you've got? I mean, maybe we could talk about this in terms of sex, right? Like novelty. There's an inborn value to novelty and sexuality. But I mean, what? Because what I'm saying is, like, people often say, you know, you ask that party question, you're all stoned. He's like, uh, so if you could be born at any time and place, right? Yeah. What would it be? And for me, it's like, you know, hunter-gatherers in the 1300s or 1100s before there was any smallpox or any influence from Europe at all in San Francisco Bay. What a fucking beautiful thing, right? What a beautiful place. So many fish and, like, food is everywhere. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the whole thing when Columbus got to Hispaniola. Sure. And, you know, it's, he said, like, this is fucking paradise. Like, the people, they want fish, there's fish. They want fruit, there's fruit. There's the birds everywhere. Like, everything's, it's plentiful. They're happy. They're healthy. They're beautiful. They have sex all the time. So it's going to be really easy to enslave them. So that's, that's exactly that, what he right. said. With 100 exactly. men, I could enslave yep. the entire population. And then he just shit all over the place yep. and the dogs mm-hmm. ripped them apart. But my point is, if we could recreate that reality where there's not a lot of novelty, except every sunset's different and every day the weather's different and you know every season the flowers are different. Sure. But, you know, you're, in other words, is the search for novelty the fall? Is that what ruins paradise? Because is paradise boring? I guess is what I'm asking. And I, I, I think I, it's cool. I think this is probably. I think it's what you're saying is brilliant. And I, but I think it's also uh, tragic in that the question itself is a tragic question, which is, is the thing that's led us to where we're at the carrot on the. That's uh, making the rabbit run. Right. Is that a? Are we being lured into the future by some evil compulsion? It's is there well, some, looking back? It seems is that there way. Some dark, well, this is the you know this is where you get into the hippie notion of like well yeah if you if you if we cut open a uh, a chrysalis and we look at the uh, transforming body of the caterpillar as it is turning into a butterfly we could say that for the form of the caterpillar that was a trap it's tragedy it's yeah okay but if you've got 10 millennia of of uh transformation and you've never yet seen the butterfly i've seen a butterfly have you fuck yeah i've seen the guy by the progress of civilization absolutely what's that i've seen the starcraft too <laughs> the entire trajectory of Western civilization is moving towards. No, no, no! I've seen the butterfly. Man. I, I, ha, I, ha, I feel the. I haven't seen the butterfly. I feel the butterfly. I, Whenever I, I don't see think so. The, I think you feel the caterpillar. That's, that's what, what I, I think, think you feel. I think. I think, I think we, we are. 
were being lured ever further away from by paradise what? by promises of paradise. By it, who's making the promises? The fucking, you know, the, the Illuminati, man. The, the people who are Keats, in charge. By the way, Keats, this is the moment where I should remind you, don't do drugs. It's really bad for you. <laughs> or if you're going to do them, do the right ones. <laughs> I, I think Western civilization is a fucking bait and switch. It's yeah, the biggest con game ever. And George Carlin agreed with me 100%. But we're right? not talking, I'm not talking about, I'm saying, okay, Western civilization, fine. Bankers, the banksters, the goddamn Rothschilds. Oh, we're going to go to other planets? No. Fuck that, man, because that says, that's just like the Jesus freaks who say, well, Jesus is coming, so fuck the baby seals. I mean, Jesus what? is coming. <laughs> He is coming. It's going to be the machine orgasm. that fucking wakes up, and 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 it's going to be the conscious. It's like yeah, I, I, I can't remember. I think it may have been Kurzweil who said it, but I could be wrong. He said our first encounter with an alien intelligence is going to be the alien intelli- the alien intelligence that we create. I think it's that made us. What? No, no, it's not the one that made us. It's that we are in the process of fabricating consciousness in the form of uh, uh, technology. Technology is about to wake up. The singularity. The sing- it's what they call the singularity. Now, whether or not now to say that this carrot that you're talking about is is being hung by honkies who are desperate to enslave the planet, I don't think that's the case, man. Because I think that this carrot that's being hung is leading more and more and more to the free flow of information. And it's a little bit like what Karl Marx said, which is that communism is an inevitability. That as the species evolves, the notion of property is going to become less and less logical and everything's just going to sort of be uh, be everyone else's and when you look at 3D printers these rudimentary forms of matter assimilators right. when you look at uh, the ability to instantaneously transmit terabytes of information in seconds which is on the uh, which is coming when you look at what's happening with um, the controversy based on scientific research which is that we have to get to a place where all scientific research is instantly available to everyone on the planet. These are not tyrannical ideas. These are not the ideas of Columbus chopping up fucking uh, indigenous people. This is These are indigenous ideas re-emerging, as they say in the Bible. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. Only now, in the same way that the child is born and has absolute innocence and wanders around in a state of complete freedom, then over the course of time is indoctrinated into some nonsense fear mechanism, and by the time they get into their 30s, maybe if they're lucky, they can reawaken to the original innocence that allowed them to smell a flower purely. I think it's possible that our species has gone through the exact same thing. We had this beautiful, innocent childhood where we ran on the banks of rivers and gathered food and, and, and fucked freely and children were able to be raised by uh, many different parents, all these beautiful things. And then we got corrupted by our own, uh, by, by guns, germs, and steel, as they say. And we went through a dark period. But God damn it, I think it's possible that we can go back to that original innocence, but in a way that we've regained it. We've won it this time. We fought for it and we got it back. I think that's possible. So I think the carrot is leading us into a very beautiful place, but it's a bloody place. There's going to be a little... Uh, it can be bloody to get there. I don't mm-hmm. think it maybe is necessarily a peaceful transition to that place. Yeah, here. Well, that, that's a beautiful vision, uh, and I hope you're right. The bloody part? Uh, no, that, that it's all leading to a beautiful place. But I, I tend to think that what happens is that when you get a conglomeration of a certain number of, of beings like we are, that 
um, an, an emergent organism arises. And whether that is a religion or a corporation or a government, they, they sort of, you know, they all, they're all opting, you know, moving around. And I remember Joseph Campbell said you could, when you go into a village in Europe, you can tell when, it, when that village was built and what the most important institution was at that time of history by what the highest thing in the village is. Wow. You know, like initially it would be a, a castle, some, some baron's castle, and then later it would be the church steeple. And then after that it would be a government building you know, the city hall or whatever. And then after that, it would be the bank, you know, the bank building or the media empire or whatever. Cool. Yeah. And so I, I think that what happens is that we think of ourselves as individuals on some level, but that's part of the con. We're not actually, we're, we're no more individuals than bees in a hive. It's the hive that matters. It's the termite mound mm -hmm. that, that makes decisions on some level that no individual actually has anything to do yes. with. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, the internet, I, I agree with you, the internet and this free, free flow of information is a beneficial emergent property of uh, high population density. But the problem is, that, you know, you can have all the scientific studies available immediately. We already have lots of them, but it doesn't matter. People aren't going to read them. People are mainly going to, you know, spend their time listening to the bullshit that's created by the people who make distractions for a living. So the availability of information doesn't necessarily mean that anybody's going to access it. But not, I mean, not everyone will. Well, or, or enough people to make a difference, to rock it, the boat. I know? think it only, it only takes one Tesla. It only takes one Tesla. You look at... You, it, it's but it. Tesla was, was fucking destroyed by Bell, right? I mean, his research was discredited. Oh, the, was, the fucking meat body might have gotten destroyed, but the entire... Like, if you look at, like... We the, do use AC. If you look at the... Yeah. 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 If you look at the, the, the combination of... It's not just Tesla. It's like... All the various people who invented the, the components to create uh, uh, the engines that initially created alternating current. And, uh, I, and who knows? Maybe it was 100 people. But don't, but don't you think the reason that those things went out in the end is because they make money for the people in power? Oh, Just sure. like Darwin is completely co-opted by Andrew Carnegie. Look at what's and happening not just with Tesla. Look what's happening with the Tesla car. Right. Look at that. It's becoming profitable. Or look what's happening with Google Fiber. Look what's happening. With, so that's going to be an extremely profitable endeavor for them. Right. But if it's not profitable, but better for humanity as a whole, then we'll never hear about it. Weirdly, the two seem to uh, be coinciding right now. Because if the fucking Tesla... Marijuana. Then why isn't marijuana legal for medical use marijuana everywhere? Marijuana is getting legal. It's getting legal Look at after the, 40 years of throwing people in 40, jail for 40 smoking a joint. Years. How long did it take to make a porcupine? <laughs> I give up. I give up. You're right. You should. As the official arbiter, I said you should. How long did it take to make a porcupine? How many years Holy of evolution shit. to make fucking giant sharp quills come out of the back of a mouse? Yeah. How long did that take? <laughs> All right. 40 I'm, years is nothing. I'm vanquished. Tell, tell that to the guys in prison. Yes. I'm vanquished. All right. All right. Well, how, are you running out of memory? I see you looking nervously. No, at the I'm just, I just keep gazing to make sure it's all there. No, uh, we're, we're we're fine. We're good. It, 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 Kyle, is there something we want to talk about? Kyle, Kyle by the way, for those of you who don't know, it, it, I met Kyle because he offered to help me with social media and set up my web page, and like has been uh, a great guy helping me out with my uh, my fame and fortune, my multimedia <laughs> empire. 
We're going to get you there, absolutely. No, I like this talk. Particularly, I wanted to uh, add a bit upon how... I was talking about how information technology and the internet has changed everything. I feel like that is... That wealth of information, it can be um, overwhelming, and we have like the burden of information now, but it's making us more aware. And I think it's because of that, that huge step in technology, like there's big things in our uh, history as far as technology, like nuclear power is one, and like, you know, internet's one. And this is, it's creating more tribes. People are able to reach out, find mm -hmm. their tribes. Right? We can do stuff like this. You can reach yeah. people, you have your, your tribe. And not only that, it's raising our awareness level. So you can't lie to us about big things anymore. We right. know where there's high fructose corn syrup and MSG. So yeah. I think it's helping most of us um, relearn what it is to be a human. We know what is wrong and right to eat. We are finding out what is wrong with our government and our social structures. And we're trying to tear them down, hence Anonymous and Occupy. These are all movements that are born out of information openness. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's going to be successful because there's so much momentum behind these institutions that cannot adapt. They can't keep up with technology. Technology evolves at an exponential rate. Human beings, organic things are linear. So every time like there's a certain point where things break because the technology is far beyond us, like nuclear power. We're still like reeling from the effects of that. Internet, maybe kind of. I mean, look at IP law. We just don't know what the hell we're doing with like copyright before music mm -hmm. and stuff. Oh, ones and zeros. Who really owns that? Like you said, you cannot stop someone from leaking stuff. I watch Game of Thrones. I download every week. I don't care who knows. Sure. Whatever. Um, and the guys who make Game of Thrones don't necessarily give a shit. Give a, shit. A, a lot of authors, myself included, I'm happy if you download my book illegally. Read it. If you like it, you'll talk about it, and somebody eventually exactly. will buy yeah. one. Yeah. You embrace that. Um, and I see as the next major technological like impact in our lives as human beings in the speck of the universe is the singularity. And it's either going to make us or break us. It's going to be one that either empowers us or that destroys us. Right. And it might be that carrot. I don't know. That might be the species we create. But there are so many sci-fi just like lore and novels and movies based upon this point in our lives. It's going to happen in our lives. We live mm -hmm. in amazing times. Kurzweil is not wrong. Mm -hmm. This man has done his research. He has changed his biology and chemistry through like mega dosing on supplements. He, he beat diabetes because of it. Everyone else in his family died from it. And he overcame it because he realizes the abundance in our world. You need to tap into the resources that we have at our hands. You can change your freaking life. Yeah. You just gotta want it. Mm. That's what life's about right now. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. See, we agree. And there's yeah. a, and, 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 Well, now and, I do too. <laughs> yeah. <I've, laughs> yes. There was so much passion in that rant. Oh my God. Awesome. I felt like I was surfing. <laughs> Holy shit. Love it. Yeah. That's right. it, man. Oh, good. Well, it's true. I mean, sorry. I, you know, you're right. I, I think everybody wants, everybody believes they live at the most interesting moment in history, right? Mm -hmm. I think everybody yes. probably did, but I think we really do. We're blessed. In some ways. I mean, we live at a moment of extreme change. And, and also, if you happen to be in a human body and you have a human nervous system, then you live in the most interesting moment in history because you are the universe that's woken up to itself. Whether you exist in a time when people yeah. are f eating fish with their tribe or whether you exist in a time that's probably about to get sucked into some kind of temporal vortex created by super intelligent nanobots ripping to shreds the fabric of time and space. No, those nanobots are going to cure me and they're going to fix my broken ligaments so I'm not paying anymore. Well, here's That's the thing. You know, one thing that people you say is like, well, I hope the machines decide to keep us around. But the, 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 to, I think that these machines are going to be 
very similar to us. There are children, and I think that what we've discovered as human beings, if you have any kind of brain at all, you know the most important thing is love. It's the greatest feeling of all. It's a state of ultimate novelty. When you fall in love, feel love, experience love, or in this around someone who's giving you unconditional positive regard or anywhere near love, it's the most magnetic, attractive, beautiful, incredible thing. And once technology uh, wakes up, I think it's going to go in the direction of love because it's the most powerful thing. And any kind of logical mechanism will recognize that that is the, uh, that is the cauldron from which everything, all creation emerges. Golden Retrievers certainly recognize it. God damn, they're sweeties. I'm Aren't they get a sweet? Little they're dog. just so loving, so loving. I mean, all dogs are, you know. And it's exactly what you say. They recognized. And you earlier you said, I don't know how quickly dogs evolve. Very quickly. That's why there are so many different breeds. Right. right? You know. I mean, imagine. You know, the, a Saint right. Bernard and a Chihuahua are the same species. It's amazing. Yeah, and they can technically mate. And they're all related to wolves. Have you ever tried? Setting it up. Uh, <laughs> I've tried mating with a Great Dane. That's why they call them great. Right. Huh? <laughs> yes. It was a great dame. A great dame. dame. <laughs> she was a great dame. <laughs> uh, came to my rescue. Yeah. Uh, do you know, Dan Savage told me this story, talking about sex with animals. This guy called up his podcast. Uh, you know, they leave messages right. and they leave their phone numbers. So the message was, I have sex with horses. I don't see the problem. You know, the horse is fine. I'm fine. Everybody's happy. What's the problem? And so Dan called him back and he said, listen, I just want to clarify this. Are you fucking the horse or is the horse fucking you? Ah, important there, question. Yeah. And there's this long pause and the guy says, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> can't be gay with an animal. How dare you? What a freak. How dare you suggest, <laughs> sir? <laughs> <laughs> Especially Dad Savage, uh, right? You know. Uh, all right. So, is there anything we haven't covered? The, the, the with the air conditioner off, it's heated up pretty fast. Yeah, we gotta there. get out of here. Yeah, I'm about to get pass the fuck out. out of here. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Of course, I'll record an intro later. Great. Right. Uh, hey, how about those Sure Design T-shirts, though? Love them. I'm wearing one right now, and I gotta <laughs> Bennett say, Bennett is the man. Bennett is. Does he sponsor you as mm-hmm. well? All right, then we all got to like sing happy birthday to Bennett. I don't happy know when birthday, his fucking Bennett. birthday is, but <laughs> he's a sweetheart. He's the best. What a sweet he man. He's the best, yeah, man. So and these shirts like, are so soft yeah. and comfortable and nice designs and everything. Can I, can I touch it? You can touch it, yeah. So you've got your own. The Sex of Dawn shirt I gave you. Oh, is, the is, same one? Why yeah. Yeah. Touch it anyway, so. yeah. Um, so, yeah, go to Shore Design T-shirts. I'll mention it at the beginning, but let's mention it again at the end because he sponsors all three of mm-hmm. us and we all love him dearly. He's in Chiang Mai. Yep. Yep. Expat. He said something in a recent email to me. He said, "You think I should? Uh, I should fly Duncan to Chiang Mai for a Thai vacation?" Yes, he should. <laughs> yes. The answer to that is yes. Said, that's what I said. Fly yeah. me to Chiang fucking Mai now. Have you, been, have you ever been to no, Chiang Mai? No, I want to go so bad. Have you been to Thailand? No. Oh, Thailand is great, man. Fly me to Thailand. The cutest thing is that when it happens and Duncan arrives in Thailand, Bennett will all be puzzled because he's like, dude, but I thought, why do you speak with an Italian accent? And I'm like, no. Because Duncan, you know, he's like, hey, man, you know, he's like, somehow I think he's going to work out that way. You got to work on your Duncan impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got a Duncan impression. It's so funny, man. You talk to. 
talk to Rogan, you talk to Ari Shafir, everybody's got their Duncan. Yeah. Uh, I've even pl- I pulled out a Duncan on your yeah. show, right? Yeah. I gotta go to speech therapist, is what that means. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Oh, it means you've got a distinctive voice, man. Raspy lesbian. Everybody's working towards. Raspy lesbian smoker. <laughs> That's my voice. Raspy lesbian smoker. All right, man. So, shirtdesigntshirts.com, definitely check them out. They got great designs. If you put in sex at dawn, one word, you get 10% off. Baby, what's the big deal? Feel what you wanna feel. Say what you wanna say. You're gonna die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Smoke alarms will dance into the ground.